We are continuing our series called Secure and Steady. And the title of my sermon is Know My Heart. And we've been journeying through this series. This is week two. And I hope it gives us a strong biblical framework that will help us to start the new year right. It gives us opportunities really early on in the new year to do some heart surgery, remove some of the things, some of the thoughts, some of the thorns even, that may be slowly polluting and poisoning our heart. And at the outset of our time together tonight, I want to affirm to you that our success will hinge on how open, honest, and vulnerable we are prepared to be about the content and the condition of our heart. Because as you know, as a believer, if you've been a believer for more than 10 minutes, it's very easy, isn't it, to slip into your Sunday speech and pretend that all is well when the truth tells a different story. And in a moment, we're going to turn to Psalm 139. And what you'll find there, I believe, in the latter two verses is one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. And as we read through these words, I pray that by the time we finish our time together tonight, that each and every one of us, with courage and confidence, would be able to pray the prayer that David prayed. Because this prayer has the potential to unlock all the areas of limitations and restrictions in our heart and help us to be healthy, vibrant, and live that future that Christ has for us. Why? Because our life with God as a believer is not a one-off invitation that is completed when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It is always ongoing, and it is always a lifelong invitation to permit God to do the work that he needs to do in us so that we can fulfill our potential. And I believe we need to reach a point and a place in our walk with God whereby we see God the way that David saw him. And the truth is simple that God is deeply invested and interested in every area of your life. And you may sit here tonight and decide to reject that. That truth is not up for discussion or debate. It is a simple reality because it reflects the heart of a God who knows and loves each and every one of us. He is awake and he is alert to every single thought that you have in your heart and in your mind. He knows you. That should not deter us, but encourage us. Amen? And so as we journey through this tonight, I want to encourage you that as you open up your heart, as we dig into the scriptures, as we reflect and reveal what David communicated to God, I pray that our hearts will be full of submission and surrender to God. Because if you want full, lasting and pure freedom, you must be willing to a full examination from God. Otherwise, you will commit your heart to a partial examination that will produce only a passing change and a passing freedom. And you know, you can't outrun God, you can't outfool Him, you can't deceive Him, you can't hide from Him. He knows everything to do with your life. And I know even the thought of us opening up our hearts tonight might be daunting, it might be difficult for a number of us here. Can I encourage you, please, do not let your pride steal your breakthrough tonight. Amen? Pride can often act as a camouflage to what is actually insecurities that we carry. And so pride ultimately presents a strength when actually we're masking insecurity in our hearts. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. 
You understand my thoughts from far off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You are hedged behind me and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I simply cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uppermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. And I will say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the nights shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you have formed me in my innermost parts. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully made in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, but yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord? Who hates you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the path everlasting. May God be blessed by the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Let's, take it, let's take it for a moment and be real. We don't often want God to, to know our heart. We don't want people to know our hearts. We want them to know what we want them to know about us. Have you ever presented yourself as a perfect portrait to be admired and appreciated But actually, God calls us as masterpieces. They take time to perfect. It's not easy to open up and be honest about who we really are. And so my first question for you tonight is, who in your life truly knows your heart? Who knows your heart? The darkest thought, the greatest struggle, the deepest issue that's pervading your life tonight. Who knows your heart because David is aware that God is omnipotent and omnipresent and he has absolutely no doubt in his mind that God knows every single detail of his life the bland and the boring moments the milestone moments the dark deceptive depressing thoughts God has an holistic view of our lives 
Does that discourage us or encourage us as we journey tonight? And I think as Christians, we dedicate and devote so much of our effort and energy to our outward appearance. We're always looking for ways to present ourselves in a worthy manner to our friends and our family, and yet the gap between our thoughts and our actions sometimes grows by each given week. And so my first point for us tonight is, do you think about what you think about? Our thought life reflects what is in our heart. The content of our heart is fully accessible and available to God to explore and examine. Take a moment to think about that for a moment. The God who flung stars into space knows every single thought that has ever ran through your mind. The good, the bad, the ugly. And David states that really early in the psalm. He starts by saying, You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Even before David speaks, God knows what he is going to say. And yet, as you start to read the rest of that psalm, you can see that David's probably pretty irritated that God is invading his personal life, his personal thoughts, his actions, his deeds, everything containing everything in his heart. He is not pleased that God is seemingly checking up on him. And yet God intervenes and interrupts David's life. And you know, if you want him to, God will intervene and interrupt your life. David then starts to begin begin to plan an escape route, but realizes that there is nowhere to go. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? David's heart then, a few verses later, starts to overflow with grace and goodness as he starts to remember and recognize that God is good, that he has experienced and enjoyed God's tender loving care in his life. Verses 13 and 14. For you created my innermost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them well. In, the, in, in verse 3 we read that at the, end, at the beginning and the end of this psalm, David also conveys a reality that he is aware of God seeing a clear, healthy, godly pathway for him to pursue. He says in verse 3, you are familiar with all of my ways. And then later, as we read, he comes back to that thought again, and he talks about the offensive ways, maybe your translation says grievous ways, in which our lives cannot reflect God's goodness in our lives. I want to ask you a question. Do you genuinely think about what you think about? Have you taken time in your walk with God to examine your heart? It's so easy for us as Christians just to slip into our Sunday best and live our lives without any desire for change, without any desire for God to move and minister into the deepest recesses of our heart. But you know, God wants to change us from glory to glory, from the inside out. Amen? And that is the invitation for us to respond to tonight. Are you willing to commit yourself to a full heart examination from the God who made the very heart that you will open up and allow to be examined? Because otherwise you're living a counterfeit Christian life 
where God wants you to live free, but you're living in partial, fleeting freedom. But God has so much more for you and for I. And the second point is, David starts to develop a deep trust as a result of him remembering God's tender care, his loving kindness, as he reminds himself that he's been fearfully and wonderfully made, that God's plan and purpose for his life stretches beyond the borders of his heart. He reminds himself in verses 17 and 18, how precious are your, are, to me are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am with you. And so David is moved from moaning and muttering about God seemingly invading the private parts of his personal life and how unfair and how unjust that is to starting to recall and remembering the loving kindness of God. It's almost like as you read verse by verse, you can see David's heart slowly but surely melting before the Lord. He rejoices in the loving kindness and the loyalty that God has shown him. His thinking has changed. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you prepared to trust God, to surrender the content and the condition of your heart to God and let your thinking be changed? Because the turnaround in his thinking and his heart produces a change in his heart posture and his position before God. Instead of being disgusted, disgruntled or disappointed by God knowing his innermost thoughts and heart attitude, he now seems pretty comfortable, pretty composed and he's actually calling for God to examine his heart. The surrender has produced a submission to God's love and he responds wholeheartedly to that examination. Instead of avoiding it, he moves intentionally towards it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there is any offensive way in me. You know that your heart is a deep reservoir of emotions, feelings, and thoughts that have culminated in this exact moment that you are here tonight. The total sum of your life condensed into what you retain in your heart. And our heart represents the total sum of our inner self. And it can become contaminated and corrupted by the things of this world. Which is why I'm going to take a moment to go through the words that David actually reads out. He says, my thoughts, the better translation actually is my anxious thoughts or my anxieties. We know that our thought life can overrun us, can distract us. They have the power to subdue what God is trying to achieve in our lives. We think about the cares of this world, and they are many. And so we need to think about what we think about. And then he moves on and he says offensive ways or grievous ways, and that's described as hurtful. That can be actually referenced back back to physical pain or trauma. But it also captures our emotional sadness. And it's an opportunity for us tonight to submit and to surrender to God. The self-constructed walls that we've erected around our hearts and lives to keep God out, we need to let them fall tonight and build a bridge so that he has full access to every part of our heart. And then he uses the word, search me. That's access all areas. Who has 
full access to your heart? Do we paint a picture of our Christian walk because we're scared on how somebody might actually think about us? Their perspective, their heart, their attitude may change towards us if we shared our deepest struggle, our greatest sin, our biggest hang-up, the most hurtful thing that we've done or said. But David has moved to the point and the place in his walk with God where he's like, God, it's all you. Search me. I give you the permission. I give you the access. I want transformation and change in my heart. And he's prepared to submit to that examination without having any control on the outcome. And if you choose to do the same tonight, you must also relinquish control and accept the outcome. Because David left no part hidden or secreted, totally transparent and vulnerable to God. And in verse 23, he states the words, Know me twice. He's desiring in his heart for God to know the total sum of who he is. We may come to church on Sunday and put on our Sunday best and say all the right things and be all the right things to everyone that we encounter. But you know, when you go home, when you have those thoughts, when those actions that you take away from your family and friends transpire, God knows and sees all of it. And God sees the total sum, not the highlight reel that we choose to present on a Sunday. And we need to submit to that in our hearts and lives. The word see me, better translated sometimes, inspect, to examine, to thoroughly assess. A magnifying lens over our heart. Such is the depth of David's devotion to God. That he is absolutely certain that he wants God to know every single part of him no matter the cost, no matter how embarrassing, shameful, awkward. Why? Because his levels of trust and faith know no bounds. Because he wants to walk right with God. He wants to honor God in every single part of his life. My invitation to you tonight is, do you want the same? What are the things, what are the places that are causing you not to allow God to search you? Distrust? Do you think somehow God doesn't know God knows absolutely everything. And if you commit to that journey, I believe you will find the deepest, greatest levels of freedom that you could possibly find in your walk with God. Because you can fool me, you can fool your family, you can fool your spouse, you can fool your work colleagues, you can fool everybody. One person you cannot fool is God. Amen? And point three, a desire to walk in fresh obedience. Verse 24, lead me in the way, your translation may say, path of everlasting. Walking the right way is going to cost you. It's going to cost you friends, cost you time, maybe even cost you money. You must choose tonight to be willing to pay the price for your conviction. Because your inner life will always manifest in your outer life. And as I've said, our hearts are deep reservoirs of everything that we've actually journeyed through and walked through in our life. But can I tell you, we need to take everything to the Lord and let Him cleanse us, let Him restore us, let Him heal us, and let Him help us walk in freedom. But the unavoidable reality for us tonight is that our hearts dictate 
how we see life, how we see each other. And if you are dedicated and devoted to fulfilling your walk with Christ, I can tell you now, God may have a God-sized plan and purpose for your life, but it's got to be based on a God-based foundation. God will never bring you into the fullness of all the blessings that your heart, your character, and your integrity are not strong enough or mature enough to handle correctly. And so my question tonight is, do you want to walk in wisdom? Because wisdom demands a teachable heart. And anyone who is teachable will always take personal responsibility for their lives. So what have we learned tonight in our time together? The invitation remains. Search me, O God. Is there anyone in the house of the Lord willing to be searched by God? To have the opportunity to regain your focus and your perspective on God again. There is no better time than in the early weeks of a new year that you can dedicate and devote your life to God. And you must let Christ completely rule and reign in every single part of your heart and life. Take a moment to bow your head with me this evening. The title of the sermon is Know My Heart. A brave and a bold claim from David to God. And as I read these final portions to us, I want you to take time right where you are in the privacy of your own heart and mind to think about these things. David has declared that he wants God to discover every part of his life. He's intentional about seeking intimacy with God. Are you? Because God is interested in your life. God is not absent. He's not aloof from your life. He's aware of every trial, every trauma of this human experience. But those trials and those challenges do not make us exempt from being examined by God to discard the evil from our hearts. David was also acutely aware that he himself did not possess the skill or the personal spiritual strength to successfully examine himself. He knew that God must do the work. He permitted God to see him for who he really was, stretching beyond the borders of what is comfortable or convenient. David knew that he was unable to objectively search his own heart. And the same is true for us. And in these final, final moments together, what's eroding your heart tonight? What's stealing your joy? What's troubling your heart? Because our hearts can be troubled and tainted by the issues of life, places, people, problems, all vying for our time and our attention. And I don't know, maybe you're like me. You occasionally cheat yourself, consciously or subconsciously, from submitting to a thorough examination. We choose a partial examination. When we've had a good week with God, you can search me then, O Lord. But God knows what is stored and saved up in our hearts. Our heart is desperately deceitful and wicked. Who 
can know it. And sometimes it's easier just to avoid the examination at all costs than deal with the outcomes that this examination will almost inevitably produce. It will produce results and demand repercussions that we simply don't want to do. It's always easier not to do something than to do it. Because if you commit tonight to allowing your heart to be examined, you're going to be forced to acknowledge and then accept the results. It's objective in its approach and application, and it's always unmoved by our excuses and our explanations. David had no worries, had no concerns that God might not search him correctly. He knew beyond any doubt that God would be confident, thorough, honest, objective. He wanted God to dig into the deepest recesses of his heart to expose those deep thoughts, the attitudes. And so David chose to remove the barriers and the boundaries that could have allowed him to facilitate or manufacture a particular outcome that might make David look good, look spiritual, look holy, look righteous. He wanted an accurate assessment of who he truly is and was before God. And he was willing to pay the price. And I believe it's remarkable. And there's a level of vulnerability and bravery that it's to be admired and appreciated. And I'm sure many of us would welcome God to do the same in our own hearts and lives. But we want control of the outcome. David trusted God and David trusted the process. And so I'm going to read the last two verses for us again tonight. And if you truly can say these words out loud, under your breath, in your heart and mind, then I believe you will stand in response. Please feel no obligation. It's only if anything of what I've said has seeped into your heart to hopefully highlight and illuminate the things that you know need attention to bring change and transformation. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.